0: Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omer Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. In this episode, I talked to Jeff Atkinson, the founder and CEO of Huckabye, a SaaS platform that takes SEO to the next level by automating the creation of structured data to help search engines better understand your website. In 2015, Jeff started an affiliate website. It was a simple business model, promote other companies' products and get commissions from the sales. So his priority was to do a great job with search engine optimization and drive plenty of traffic to his website. And in order to do that, he needed to create lots of content. So he built a software tool to help him generate a lot of that content. He struggled with that business for the next two years and got nowhere. And eventually, he knew that he had to either shut down the business or pivot pretty quickly. And he had two interesting insights at that point. Firstly, even though his affiliate business was a failure, he had several people asking him if they could license the software tool that he had built for himself. And secondly, after doing so much SEO, he realized how important structured data was becoming for Google and wondered if he could get ahead of the curve. So based on those two factors, Jeff decided to pivot into a SaaS business. And this was something that he knew nothing about. And it became even more challenging when he had to try and sell his new product. Initially, there was no user interface. So he was going into sales meetings and trying to explain to prospects what his product would do for them? Are you looking to sell your online business or buy one to start your entrepreneurial journey? Discover exciting opportunities with boopos.com. to download your free copy and unlock faster growth for your SaaS business. That's thesastoolkit.com. But he had nothing to show them. It was too much of a leap of faith for many prospects, but a few decided to give him a shot. And finally, after three and a half years of working on his business, he started to get sales. Today, the business is doing almost $1.5 million in annual recurring revenue. So in this interview, you're going to hear Jeff's story and how he went through three and a half years of lean times for his business, how he pivoted into a SaaS business, what he learned about sales, and the importance of structured data, and how it could help you with SEO. So I hope you enjoy it. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So what gets you out of bed? What inspires or motivates you to work on your business every day?
1: Yeah, I'd say it comes from... I have an athletic background. I was a ski racer and and runner and soccer player. And, you know, I like to win and I like to compete. And that's really my motivation. I kind of look at this similar to a sporting event and I'm competitive. So that's what gets me going.
0: So Hakabai is the company, but it's made up right now of two different products. So can you tell us, number one, what do the products do? Who are your target customers? And what problems are you helping to solve?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So our products essentially help translate a website for Google. So I always say, you know, websites are built for human beings. But I argue that in any given day, the most important visitor is actually this little Google bot, because they kind of end up dictating how much traffic you get. And so we take a site and essentially translate it using structured data in SEO cloud, so that it, Google has this Wonderful, you know, user experience as a bot. Our target customer is really anybody that's interested in increases in organic search traffic. So it ranges from SaaS to e-commerce, travel, insurance. You know, we we really span across the board nonprofits. And what we solve for them, you know, essentially their their sites, you know, are, aren't fully optimized today for a search engine to come and understand. And and we help that communication between uh, a website and a search engine.
0: Now, most people, when they think of SEO, will think of the traditional stuff like, are my pages optimized for, for being crawled? And do I have high quality backlinks to my site and all the other stuff, which is really focused on, can I get ranked on the first page of Google for whatever keywords I want with those 10 blue links on the page. But with structured data, there's more to it than just that. So for people who aren't familiar with the concept, can you explain like what structured data means in the world of SEO?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So structured data is essentially a language that is Google's, is search engine's sort of preferred language to communicate with a website. You can have, it's called structured data markup, and you can have markup for almost anything. So a human being, a location, an event, a product, you know, on and on. Almost anything can be represented through structured data. It's authoritative. So as opposed to metadata, which is stuff like title tags and meta descriptions, those are really suggestive. With structured data, it's authoritative. So if you say this sports score is three to zero, and it's the bottom of the seventh, it has to be three to zero at the bottom of the seventh. And if they find that you're not giving them accurate information, you actually get dinged. So it needs to be very accurate. It's authoritative. And then you'll see Google use it in lots of interesting ways. So anytime they're called rich cards, anytime that you see sort of a unique feature in search results that aren't, as you said, just a blue link, uh, if you search for a recipe and the recipe just shows up, or you see star ratings on products, or you see, movie, you know, you search for a movie time and the the movie times just show up and you can book right there. That's all being powered by structured data. They are leveraging it more and more, and so it's very important from an SEO perspective to have world class structured data. And they keep encompassing it into their search results, and also they use it for voice search. So. Voice search is essentially, if you search for something using a voice search, it's essentially reading to you the rich cards that are available on the page. And so as voice search becomes more prevalent in every industry, structured data is is the way to sort of capture those interactions.
0: So I just watched um, Spider-Man Far From Home last week with my kids. And so if you search for that on Google you see a few things. First of all, you'll see the 10 blue links, links to websites, but you'll also see the sort of the module on the right hand side, depending on which kind of variation of the search results page you're looking at, where I can see the movie and it t- shows me the IMDB rating. It gives me an overview of the synopsis of the movie, etc., stuff like that. And then above the, the 10 blue links, I've got the movie show times, which is showing me like local movie theaters where the movie is playing and at what time. Most of that, In the the two things I talked about, excluding the 10 blue links, that's the structured data. And that might be coming directly from somebody's website, or it might be something that Google is putting together themselves, right?
1: Correct. So just to be specific, so the show times are being driven by what's called event markup, which is telling Google, hey, this is happening here and when. On the right-hand side, that is what Google calls their knowledge panel that's being powered by what Google calls their knowledge graph, which is highly influenced by structured data. So pretty much everything, I just did the search as well, pretty much everything above the fold on this page is going to be powered by structured data.
0: So tell me about how you came up with the idea for this business. What were you doing before you started this company?
1: Yeah, so I was the SVP of marketing at Overstock. And we had a great SEO story. We took it from a very little channel to a a very big channel, hundreds of millions. And you know, I, I really got into SEO. That wasn't the only thing we did there, but I was just sort of fascinated by it. And it ended up transforming the business and, you know, helping us become profitable. And it's just such a interesting and special channel versus your typical paid media channels. You know, it drives the best new customers; it always has the highest ROI. You know, I could go on and on, and why it's so important. But yeah, I just really got into it, and especially around sort of the technical conversation between a website and in a, a search engine it turned out to be particularly important. I think it was really cool just to be on the front lines of SEO for so long, and really recognizing what moved the needle and what didn't. I think the industry of SEO is sort of broken, where There's a lot of agencies, there's a lot of consultants that are sort of telling you what to do, but a lot of these folks don't have sort of the track record of, of really actually driving something through the roof. And so I just saw something kind of missing in the market where people were kind of being sold a lot of snake oil and not getting what they wanted from the industry. And so we're, we're here to try to fix that.
0: So tell me about like, how, how did you come up with the idea for the product, which product came first and, um. How did you get started?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a funny story, actually. So we started as a B2C site. It was an affiliate site. It was basically a comparison shopping engine plus coupons type site. It was a total SEO play. And at the time, Google really started to not like affiliate sites. And so we were really swimming upstream. We had built a product, a software product that we used to generate content On pages. It's a product that we, just a few of our customers use still today. It's really not what we sell at all. It's a product called Huck News, and you basically grab, the idea was like, let's grab, you know, an Instagram post or whatever and write a short comment on it, and you could add content and change the page in a meaningful way in a really short amount of time, as opposed to someone having to write an entire blog post or whatever. It actually ended up being a very effective product, and it worked well on that site. And people that knew, Huckabaw, I wanted to start licensing it. And we were getting nowhere in terms of revenue with that model. And so we pivoted into a SaaS company. And that was really our first product. The other piece that I knew was just really important from my overstock days and just by monitoring Google was just how important structured data was. And we figured if we got ahead of that curve and could really learn structured data and what, and what it does and, and how to optimize it correctly and, and all those things that we'd really have something pretty significant on our hands. And so that was that was sort of our go-to-market. It wasn't out of any sort of clear thinking or strategy. It was really over like, how do we get to revenue? And these affiliate commissions aren't happening. Let's pivot and start licensing the, this thing. And, and now I've come to realize how wonderful the, the SaaS world is.
0: So you've been in business for about... Two and a half years, and at what point did you pivot into a SaaS product or business?
1: We've been in business, I think, a little longer than that, four four and a half years, and we pivoted uh, two and a half years ago. So, and then we've kind of once we built the product, we've sort of really been honestly selling it for about a year and a half.
0: And what are you doing in terms of revenue at the moment?
1: We're approximately one point four million in ARR.
0: And so I want to kind of dig into like where that growth has come from, because like if you've really been just sort of selling for the last year or so, like in the first year of when you pivoted to a SaaS business, roughly like what sort of revenue were you doing then?
1: Oh, zero. I mean, zero. we were zero. I think our largest affiliate commission check was like $5 or something.
0: That's, well, that's coffee money. <laughs> so... So really, the growth to getting to over 100K in MRR has happened in just over the last year. Yeah, a year and a half, call it. year and a half. So what have you done? What's driven that growth so quickly?
1: We haven't done anything special in terms of marketing or sales, I don't think. I think we, we were very product-driven. We had a product that was exciting to a lot of people because it was really unique. And it made sense. It was like, okay, this software is, is going to move the needle. It has a track record of moving the needle. And so it just really resonated with smart internet marketing folks and smart SEO folks, a lot of which I already knew. And so I reached out to my network really and said, hey, we've, I've built something kind of cool and it's working. And I'd love for you to try it. And so that's really how we got started was was within my network, my network's network, people that worked at Huckabye. And that's really how it got started. We would take any business that we could get a, our hands on, and we we had a pretty high, you know, relatively high conversion rate. People were interested, and very sort of product driven, and then network driven at first. And then we got some lucky breaks, like we were introduced to SAP, for example, when we were quite small. And we learned that, boy, this thing really works for SaaS companies. And I can kind of get into why it does a little bit later. And that was a big deal for us to get SAP as a customer. And then we got Salesforce. And so we started getting some really big logos early on. And I think that, that really verified the product. It made people feel comfortable that we had these enterprise contracts. And... Yeah, then it really has happened, you know, more organically than it probably should have. Looking back on it, I wish we'd pushed harder on the sort of sales and marketing side earlier. But I think being product focused, we did build a great product and that ended up moving the needle significantly for these companies and once you have a bit of a track record in SEO, people are willing to give you a shot.
0: So tell me a little bit about what the sales process looked like so you were getting most of these leads, as you said, through your network. And so when you say to people, I'd love for you to try this out, what did that entail? Could you just send them a link and, and get them up and running? Or did you have to initially get in front of people and do some demos and then be pretty involved in helping them to get onboarded? Just what did that look like?
1: Yeah, so this has been until recently a very myself-driven sales process. And what's interesting about Huckabye so far, and we're starting to get past this where we're going to have, you know, a dashboard and a UI. What's unique about us is that there's really nothing to see other than the numbers grow. So structured data, you can show what we're doing, but there's no login. There's no real something to demo, which has honestly hurt us. We're getting past that where we have actual, we're working on a actual UI that people can see exactly, sort of like the Google analytics of instead of looking at users looking at what Google's doing on your site and how well they're interacting with the site. So there wasn't really much of a demo. It was was me talking and whiteboarding. And it's incredible to think, you know, that I was so relieved to just have like a phone conversation and And people just sort of got it. But that was, you know, that's not normal. (laughs) Um, We do have kind of a demo, but it's really sort of conceptually describing what we're doing, showing the numbers to back it up. And it is a little bit of a leap of faith. But if, as I've mentioned before, you know, smart internet marketing people just got it really quickly. And they're like, yes, this is important. And this is the way that Google's heading. And we need to be doing this. I think it didn't hurt having. The track record that I did at Overstock made a lot of people trust what we were doing. And it was totally different. It was a totally different pitch than any other SEO pitch from you know an agency or whoever. It really resonated with people. And they were like, oh, I've never even heard SEO talked about this way. And it's really refreshing. And so I think you know people have been pretty drawn to it, drawn to the product and made it a lot easier to sell.
0: Okay, so now the story is getting more intriguing because it's like you're going out, you're getting in front of prospects, and you're selling them a product that they can't see or touch or use. <laughs> but but <Yep. laughs> it will help them if they take that leap of faith. But you've also got the challenge of how do you present it in a way and how do you pitch it in a way that people can. Understand the value and are willing to pay. Because on the one hand, like I can also, I I don't know whether this happened, but I could kind of easily see this going in terms of you're having a conversation with somebody and you're kind of explaining how structured data works. Were there some people who said, well, yeah, that sounds great. Thanks. And we can probably create some of that ourselves?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, as we get more mature, I think. It's getting easier to convince people that you know this is real and something's visible, and you can, you know we have this track record of results. But you know most SEO successful SEO teams almost do everything internally. That's how we did it at Overstock. You're really good SEO teams do almost everything internally. So there's a very especially with SEO cloud. Where we we talk a lot. We you know we sell as much into technology as we do into marketing. There's a lot of that attitude. What we have to do to overcome that is prove that we know what we're doing and that this is a complicated thing to accomplish in-house and you're better off outsourcing it to us, which hasn't always been easy. You know, we have had plenty of companies turn us down saying they're going to do it internally. We've also had plenty of companies turn us down and come back to us six, 12 months later and say, we just can't, we're not getting this done. We're not seeing the results that we want SEO wise we're interested. And that's really reassuring to feel that. But yeah, it hasn't been easy. I, I'd say that we're getting a lot better at sort of making the product much more tangible so that people know what they're getting. They know what the results to be expected are. And you know they, they sort of rest assured that they've got this terrific SEO software platform that's going to make a big difference for them.
0: Right. Because when people can't see a product, I guess that That potentially leads to some confusion about, are you selling a product or are you selling a service? For sure. So it would be good to kind of understand, like, maybe you can give an example of maybe a real life SaaS company, or we can kind of talk about just general approach that you take. But if you're working with a a SaaS company and they say, okay, Jeff, we're going to give this a shot and we're going to try this out. What's involved? Like, what are the main steps that you need to go through or they need to go through to get them onboarded and, and start seeing results?
1: Yeah. So I would say maybe the first thing when, I, when we talk about SaaS companies, which is really our bread and butter is sort of why it works for SaaS. And even before that, I'll say we do have situations or we did have situations where you know we have SEO analysts on our team that help our customers and the software will go live And at the beginning, we'd be, you know, at at some point, the customer would start thinking of us as a service, because the only interaction that they're having is with this SEO analyst that's giving them advice, and they'd forget that the software was up and live. So we've done a lot to prove to companies that, you know, the software's live, it's what's really driving your results, and here's what it's doing. The reason that it works so well for SaaS is if you think about an Overstock or an e-commerce site, that's a site that's relatively easy for a search engine to understand. They come in, there's these really well-described categories like men's watches or patio furniture. Those are all the same format. And so it's easy for a bot to understand. Then they get to a product page and those are all the same format. It's got a product name and a price and a description and reviews. And in fact, your Amazon or Overstock is going to have a huge API that points back to Google with all their product information in a live feed. So they understand e-commerce sites really clearly. When you think of SaaS, all that structure just goes away. So you have much more complicated products. You have integrations and all sorts of things happening on a SaaS site that just doesn't happen on an e-commerce site. And so when Google wants to know everything they can about Salesforce, they know they tons of backlinks, very high domain authority. But they're left sort of scratching their head as to like, what exactly is this? And so structured data ends up being this fabulous mechanism to educate a search engine on a SaaS product. And so implementation is really relatively easy. You know, We send them a line of JavaScript to get our code live. We then insert this little packet of, it's called a JSON-LD, packet of structured data that contains all the structured data. We put it up as high as we can on the page. Google comes in and, and recognizes it as structured data. And just understands each and every page throughout the site way more clearly than they did before. And the more they understand, the more search results they end up giving them.
0: Are you an entrepreneur looking to buy a profitable online business or a founder ready to sell? Bupas is the number one platform for buying and selling profitable online businesses. With their exclusive listings, as well as listings from other marketplaces, and the option to submit your own deal for approval, Bupas has you covered. Plus, they're the first to offer built in acquisition financing for qualified buyers of recurring revenue businesses, allowing you to access fast funding without personal guarantees. And their experienced M&A advisory team supports you every step of the way. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash BUPOS. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to start your entrepreneurial journey or sell your business at the right valuation with BUPOS.com. So that's
1: why it works so well in SaaS. It's a light implementation and the search engines are struggling to understand these businesses, if a CEO pitches the product to a potential buyer, the buyer is going to learn so much more about that product than what Google understands by going and crawling a SaaS site. And so our our software really helps that communication.
0: So can you give an example of a SaaS company that's kind of used the product i mean i'm just trying to get a sense of maybe one page on some saas site and what was that structured data and how did it help them
1: yeah for sure so an interesting one for us is a salesforce app exchange so the app exchange is it's almost like the e-commerce world of software and Google was pretty confused as to when they'd come in, like, what is this? There's actual software application markup that we provided throughout that site. And once Google recognized exactly what these apps were doing, who were building them, who they integrated with, they're just like, oh, thank you. We finally understand what's going on on this website. And the results, you know, came. Similar concur, you know, is a a really sharp, very smart SEO company. What's also interesting is SaaS companies come to SEO much later in the stage than than your e commerce. Like in e commerce, you can't survive without SEO. In software, you can survive for a long time without SEO. But really smart CMOs and and marketing people, I've found in the SaaS space, they invest in SEO early because it's the real scalable channel. Um, If you're just completely relying on PPC, or these other paid media channels, you know, at some point they sort of tap out. And so Concur is a great example. Like they have a huge, more than 50% of their sales pipeline comes out of organic search. And Google was similar to Salesforce, just sort of confused as to what exactly the site did and what the product did. And um, they have a great internet, they have like 20 something international sites, and we have markup all over them. And boy, did they just take off once we layered our software on top and if you think about, you know, a huge portion of their sales pipeline coming out of organic search, you know, if you double that or whatever, 50% or 100%, that has a real meaningful impact on their business. So those are a couple examples. We also have some relatively smaller SaaS companies that that still are trying to, you know, have this conversation with Google and have them fully understand what they do. And it really helps, you know, it really moves the needle. There's other things you still have to do, like backlinks and such, but this really helps facilitate that conversation and and rest assured that Google's going to understand what you're doing and what your product does.
0: So I'm curious how that structured data is generated. Like you talked about, okay, there's some JavaScript snippet that needs to get installed on the site. But in terms of the actual structured data for each page, How does that get created? Is that something that's done programmatically through your product? Does it initially involve some human having to look at the page and figure stuff out? Like, How does that happen?
1: Yeah, great question. It is done as much as we can programmatically. It's really done based on what we call page type. So most websites will have five to 10 different page types, a landing page, a product page, Q&A page. And we then, once we've sort of divided up the page types, we know what to look for on each page. We know to look for a software application or look for a review or look for a Q&A. And the software is automating this as much as possible. So it recognizes what page type any given page is and then what content is important and useful on that page type. And then it adds the structured data accordingly.
0: Got it. Okay. So I think it's really interesting that you're a former SVP of marketing at Overstock. The products you have are really about helping companies grow with SEO. Mm-hmm. But you've done very little marketing <laughs> and you, you've done pretty much very little on SEO as well to grow this business. So how did that happen?
1: Yeah, I'm a little embarrassed about that. I've, it's getting better. The main reason for that was I really wanted Huckaby to fly under the radar f- for a while. I didn't want to shout from the rooftops what we were doing, mainly because it was so unique. And the product at first was pretty light. And now with SEO Cloud and other things, it's gotten way stronger, way more defensible. But I was like nervous that someone would just steal it. Now I feel comfortable that it's really hard to steal what we do. And so it's much easier to talk about it and to market about it. I do regret that, though. (laughs) I wish we had sort of spent more money, especially around SEO, because you're not really shouting it from the rooftops. You're just growing organically. But we are investing pretty heavily right now in, in our own SEO. We always try our products on our site before we try them anywhere else. So we have the benefit of these you know, brilliant developers building SEO products for Huckabye.com and, and seeing how that influences our traffic and what we do. But yeah, it was backwards. <laughs> You'd think being a marketing-driven CEO, I would have played to my strength and and just gone crazy on digital marketing. But we really haven't done any until the last couple months.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also interesting that this started off as an affiliate site.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's wild about that is that you know now I, I see all these VCs that'll only invest in SaaS companies, and you know your podcast is about SaaS and how big a deal SaaS was. When, when we pivoted into a SaaS company, I probably didn't even know the term. <laughs> I didn't even know the term SaaS. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the value of recurring revenue. I didn't know the value of SaaS companies were so much higher. So it really was sort of dumb luck that we ended up this way. And I've had to learn a lot about how to market a SaaS company and, and how to, I know I've never done, never done sales before, never managed a sales team you know, at Overstock, it was just a, a lot of numbers and a lot of traffic. It's a totally different game that I'm still learning to this day. But yeah, very, very fortunate for that to happen. And I, I really didn't appreciate what I was doing when when we did it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think you really you did really well, whether it was luck or not, to land some of these customers like SAP and Salesforce and Concur. And uh, I'm sure that's helped to open the door and kind of get conversations with more prospects beyond the sort of working your network. Like how are you finding new customers today?
1: Yeah. So we still do a pretty significant amount of outbound email. We're pretty clever about it. For example, I was a Dartmouth college alum and it's a fiercely loyal alumni network for some reason, um, like unreasonably loyal. And so we, we email Dartmouth alums that are executives and such at, at various companies. And they almost always take a conversation, which is really nice. And sometimes it leads to something and sometimes it doesn't. But that's sort of a clever marketing move. The other one is there's a lot of SaaS companies in Utah. And so we will, we're in Park City, but a lot of SaaS companies are in Lehigh and Orem and Provo. And so we'll, we'll set appointments and we'll take people to lunch and we'll drive down there and spend the day in Lehigh and just go sort of, it's not door to door, but there are literally so many that they're all in the same office park. You know, you can hit, go to five SAS companies in a day and in, in Lehigh and not leave the office park. So that's where a lot of it's coming. We are just cranking up the marketing engine. This is the second podcast I've done really sort of the first Public conversations I've had about Huckabye. And so it's it's early days. We are not getting a ton of inbound right now. But I think that's going to change pretty quickly. We're starting to get our first trickle of inbound leads. And lo and behold, they convert like crazy because they have interest already. So we're just learning on that front. Uh, obviously, I have a marketing background, but it's B2C. So I'm learning as I go. Fortunately, we have a board member who is the CMO of Pure Storage and he was the CMO of New Relic before that and the CMO of Concur before that before you know well before we actually worked with Concur so he's teaching me a lot on how to market as a SaaS as a SaaS company and what's crazy about it is his obsession over SEO because it's like it's just that's his, that really is a channel that scales and works so we're still learning But it's been scrappy and uh, we're looking to, you know, it'll be exciting when we have sort of the steady influx of inbound leads
0: that we can really rely on. So you have a team of 14 people right now? Yes. And, And how many of those are focused on sales and marketing other than you?
1: Five of them. Five of the 14 are, and most are in sales. We really have one person focused on marketing. And the rest and I'm sorry four four total beyond me not five and uh, three in sales and one in marketing
0: and so all these team members have been doing the same thing in terms of it's all outbound sales, very little marketing and you're just working your network you're you've been using things like you know outbound email and then just getting in front of anybody locally that will listen
1: yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty scrappy. I'd say that the the marketing piece is definitely picking up. So, you know, hopefully your listeners find this engaging and might want to give Huckleby a try, especially if they're in the SaaS space which I'm guessing they are. So, we we are having more and more conversations where people are reaching out to us, which is great, but it has been pretty scrappy so far to date.
0: Yeah. And no, that's great. I mean, you know, I mean, by the time a SaaS company gets to over 100k MRR, Typically, it's they've got one sort of growth channel working well, and most of the times, what I see is it's either some kind of inbound channel, whether it's content marketing or you know whatever. What you've done with a very kind of scrappy approach is is pretty impressive because it's like, hey, we, you know, we've got to over you know 1.4 million ARR, and we're still getting our marketing machines sort of up and running so that's that's pretty impressive
1: yeah thank you i appreciate you saying that
0: now one thing i want to just kind of answer before we kind of wrap up here is like i I didn't ask you was like how do you price the product
1: yeah so typically it's about two thousand to four thousand dollars a month depending on how big your website is and what products you're going with that's sort of the range i think we have some smaller customers that are down in sort of the fifteen hundred area but typically it's two thousand to four thousand a month annual contracts we do a discount for prepays yeah that's what it looks like contract wise
0: got it okay and you know you don't have to mention names if if you don't want to but can you maybe give me a, an example of like the type of results a customer has seen by implementing these products?
1: yeah no I'll give you a number <laughs> for sure <laughs> so our average customer, take all of our customers and you look at their growth rates after 12 months of having this software installed your average customer grows 62 percent in terms of organic search traffic and we're really proud of that i mean that moves the needle and those are some big companies in there it's not like we're taking a startup from zero to 500 visitors a month these are off of relatively big numbers we work with companies of all size, but yeah, your average customer will grow sixty-two percent in terms of organic search traffic in twelve months.
0: And these are mostly companies who already have at least one person sort of dedicated to SEO, if not a team of people.
1: Yeah, it really varies. Right. What's wild about SaaS is just how underinvested they are in SEO. You know, you'll have massive companies, public companies that'll have one or two people working on SEO. You know, Overstock, we had like 40. Wow. So it is somewhat of a neglected channel. I think it's sort of like the oxygen of the internet and the SaaS world really isn't breathing any oxygen. And so it's underinvested in and some companies won't even have someone working on SEO. Or they'll just say, well, SEO is something that we need to be doing. And so they'll start looking and they'll find us as opposed to an agency or whoever it is. And they like what they hear. And so they sort of we say we take a really technology-first approach. You know, I, I look at SEO as really a technology-driven problem, and yet the industry is almost entirely services-driven. And so we take a technology-first approach, very science versus art-focused. You know, we believe in the science, and that tends to resonate. But even if they are small companies that don't have someone specifically working on SEO, they can start with Huckabye. They get not only the software, which is going to help google really understand their site but they're also going to get the advice of a company that works with a lot of big seo driven software companies and that experience definitely helps
0: great that's a really good number i'm glad you shared that all right we should wrap up so uh we're going to get into the lightning round i'm going to ask you seven quick fire questions just kind of answer them as quickly as you can you ready yeah absolutely okay What's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? So
1: it probably be my my mentor was Patrick Byrne who is the CEO of Overstock. Very fortunate to have him as my mentor. One thing he taught me is that you got to move quick. There's no reason to sort of wait around to make decisions. A day that goes by without a revenue growing opportunity is revenue lost. And so move quickly, take risks, but you also have to learn really quickly. So If something isn't working, you got to be able to respond to that as quickly as you do if something is working. So yeah, I'd say, you know, move quickly, take risks and also learn quickly is the best business advice that comes to mind.
0: What book would you recommend to our audience and why?
1: I love um, Warren Buffett's Investing in Life Lessons. So Patrick actually has a connection to Warren Buffett. His dad was the CEO of GEICO, which is really Buffett's really one of his first big investments. And it's just, it, I don't know, it really kind of encapulates what's a good business, what sort of makes the markets work, how that odd fellow ticks and what he thinks about, which is totally rational and smart. But I got a lot out of, you know, I've, I've learned a lot around Warren Buffett. And every time I, I sort of dig in, I, I feel like I get a lot brighter on the, on the business
0: world. What's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur?
1: This is going to sound strange, but I'd say endurance. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. And you do have to hang in there. And even when things aren't going well, you know, I think a, a SaaS CEO has to absorb a lot of difficulties and, and problems. And so that requires endurance.
0: What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit?
1: Uh, I'd say Slack. We kind of live and die by Slack. I know that's probably not the, the most creative answer, but we live and die by Slack. It's incredible. I mean, it's an incredible platform, and we get a lot done there. And it's you know always on my computer and on my phone, and we, we leverage Slack as much as we can.
0: Well, what's a new or crazy business idea you'd love to pursue if you had the extra time?
1: Yeah, this is a great question that I actually have a funny answer for. So. One of my best friends has a house on Nantucket. I'm actually from the Boston area and we were there like a year and a half ago. (laughs) Everybody there is obsessed with these vintage SUVs that you can, you know, drive on the beach and stuff, Ford Broncos, old Land Rovers. And so I bought the domain (laughs) NantucketSUV.com and want to start a business that takes old broken down Ford Broncos and, trucks from around you know the country that aren't valued at all and fix them up and boat them over to nantucket and sell them i think it would uh it would be a lot of fun (laughs) and it also i think do pretty well
0: all right i'm gonna keep an eye on that domain (laughs) happens what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know
1: yeah so this is a funny one well i have two one is i was actually on the u.s ski team as a cross-country ski racer a long time ago wow and the Second is I have a very handsome six-year-old chocolate lab that actually served as a dog model for Carhartt. <laughs> wow. So if you've seen in advertisements a handsome Labrador, that's my dog James.
0: <laughs> and uh, finally, what's one of your most important passions outside of your work?
1: I love to golf. I play a lot of golf. It's summer here in Park City, so it's golf season. Playing in a member guest with my friend Bart this weekend at Victory Ranch and uh, really looking forward to it actually heading out there shortly after this podcast.
0: Awesome. Well, I wish you all the best. Well, thank you for joining me. First of all, it's been uh, it's been great to sort of dig in and, and kind of hear your story and, and how you've kind of discovered this business. It wasn't a sort of a straight journey. It's been an interesting way that you've got to discovering and building a SaaS business. But once you did pivot there, uh, it's pretty impressive how quickly you've been able to to get traction and and build a sizable business. And so thank you for sharing that story and telling us a little bit more about the world of SEO, specifically from the perspective of structured data. And, and it's probably an area that you know many of us probably don't spend a lot of time thinking about, and it could be an untapped opportunity that more people could take advantage of. Yeah. Now, if people want to find out more about... Either of the products, they can go to huckabuy.com, which is H U C K A B U Y.com. And we'll include a link in the show notes to that as well. And if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, They can find me on LinkedIn, is a great way. And they also can just email me at Jeff, G E O F F, at huckabuy.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, I wish you all the best. Thanks, you, Omer. It was a real pleasure.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Cheers.
0: Are you still wrestling with rigid spreadsheets that slow down your team?